0: Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark.
1: Evening, Cas. Nice being in studio again, and obviously tonight we're going to touch a bit on some curry cup flavour.
0: Some serious curry mm. cup. We've got a we've got a very special guest in studio, and I I would like to ask you to introduce our our guest as um, I believe it's a friend of yours.
1: Yeah, no one else than fellow Sangui. Um, he's, a, he's a KZN old boy He did the, the hard yards Playing club rugby here For Jaguars yep. I was fortunate enough I don't know what I did wrong But he went into conditioning And not playing rugby anymore <laughs> I was fortunate enough To have him uh, Play for my Durban rugby yep. sub-union side
0: Fellow, just from my side I don't blame you For going into coaching If he was your coach <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, so fellow Sanguini Western province Senior curry cup So, strength and conditioning coach, welcome to the Touchline Studio.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. Glad to be here with you guys.
0: Fellow, if I can start. Durban High School old boy.
2: Yes, correct. DHS.
0: How did you end up in Western Province?
2: Uh, It's a long story, man. I mean, I always wanted to, of course, represent the black and whites, you know, the sharks in Durban which I did in provincial rugby, age group rugby. And I worked there as well as a conditioning coach. And then, yeah, I mean, I couldn't crack it to the senior team. So I got an opportunity to go overseas for two years in Lithuania. I don't even know if some people know Lithuania, but yeah, Eastern Europe. Yeah. And then when I came back, opportunity came through for UCT and Western Province at the same time, so yeah, I think that's how I ended up this side.
0: But you did spend a bit of time with Varsity College and uh, and, and and the Sharks. Yes, It yes, What yes, stint yes. that you had with with Varsity College? Yeah. Tell us about that.
2: Yes, uh, while I was at the Sharks, so mm-hmm. I got uh, an opportunity as well to work with the club side, Varsity College, which they play in the Premier Division. Yes. Um, which I think it was a great experience as well for me, you know, working with at the Sharks, now moving back to the club side. I think it gives you the balance of both, you know, working in the professional setup. To so the club side, you've got guys that just play for social. I think it's actually in the coaching, as an SNC coach, you still grow because you actually get something at clubs that you don't get at the, at the union, you know, because they's more professional. Now you must deal with some guys that just want to play social as well. Yes.
1: So, fellow, obviously, when you went to province, um, you were initially part of the under-21 setup. Am I right? So, obviously, you did a you did a stint there. How did it come about that uh, uh, a Sharks boy um, later on becomes a curry cup uh, strength and conditioning coach? Because regardless of what age group you are at, any level, I think it's a it's a privilege and an honour to yes. be involved in rugby. That's your passion. Uh, We know, and I say this with respect, you're not the biggest of fellows, um, you know, from a a rugby playing point of view, but you can still live your dream in doing what you're doing, and now you are with Jerome Parvater and them in the Curry Cup. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, you were them, and you're still living your dream, and you yourself are still still young enough to, to continue in your growth.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you say, when I got here, I was with Under-21. So it was actually tricky because I was doing UCT versus the Cup and Under-21 at the same time. So it was a bit tricky day. But, I mean, I agree with that because Varsity Cup also is a big big platform with Western Province. And I was fortunate enough to be part of both teams that were doing well that season with great management. Uh, UCT finishing... Second in Vassal Cup, we lost in the final
1: oh.
2: against Tux. Uh, Rudy really Damos, I mean, he was coaching them. So, you know, knowing him from Durban and Clannard, it was a bit painful losing against him, you know? DHS Clannard <laughs> rival.
1: Yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, I mean, and then also we went to the 21 Curry Cup and we went to Unpinton and then we lost in the final as well against the Lions. So I think for my first season in Cape Town, I would say... It Was very successful, you know, for losing only in the final. Yeah. So I've only lost two games. Last year I only lost two games, in about twenty-two matches I've yeah. been part of in the Western, Western Cape rugby. Okay. So we're going to ask you. We're
1: going to ask you just now what's happened this year, um, before we go there. <laughs> 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 so, so before we get there, uh, <laughs> I, what I wanted to say is we were privileged enough to, to host, when I say we the Sharks, we were privileged enough to host Province yeah, a few weeks ago when you played at uh, your old stadium. And Kas, what was nice to see is, you know, this is what we always tell rugby is, or sport in general. Keeps the people together. Uh, His his contacts that he has, like all of us all over wherever we've been, is phenomenal. And when province played, you could hear the guys in the stands shouting, Hey, fellow, hey, fellow. And he's showing (laughs) thumbs up to the people. (laughs) And that's great because that will never change. You know, you might move from province to province or country to country, but your friendship you build over the years, which is great. Anyhow, enough of that. So uh, if we we can talk and, and we'll go into certain things just now. Just uh, the transition from the under-20s to the, to the Curry Cup side. Now, obviously, it's new management and different players. And although you've worked with them, as a strength and conditioning coach, the um, public might not might not know this uh, and, and how exactly it works. Other than strength and conditioning, so when we talk strength and conditioning, it's gym work and fitness levels and all of that. But there's more to it than just that. So yep. just in a nutshell, if you can just explain to us, what does a strength and conditioning coach do? And, obviously, if the team doesn't perform, it could be sold solely on you because the guys aren't fit enough or strong enough or
2: whatever. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> uh, well, so just to try and not summarize it, but the the basic, excuse me, but for a strength and condition coach for a sport team is it's your job to, at the of the season, of course, you want to first test the guys where they're at physically. In the gym, in terms of uh, conditioning pace, and then you go outside on the field where you test your your fitness ability as well. So fitness is also divided in certain in certain forms. You know, there's aerobic, there's anaerobic. You know, aerobic, which is the one that your marathon runners have. You just need to run. You know? And then anaerobic, which is rugby. Anaerobic is when you you work hard for 10 seconds. And then you rest, which is your, your scrum break or your line out, mm-hmm. or someone being down. So you gotta have that energy to to keep going for long, and also gotta have the energy to go hard for long, and then take a break, but consistently. So you need to try and make sure we have levels. So we look around, like you look at your super rugby guys, your URC guys. What's the norm for each position? Mm-hmm. And then we push players to be in those norms, if not above. So if you, so I always try to push my players above your your average norms in curry cup or in URC. So you always want to have a prop. If they say the prop's are supposed to run two kilometers in in seven minutes, so I always try to push my prop to get it below that. Below that. So that's the goal. So yeah, that's your job. And then in season, you need to make sure the guys. Of course, the the training program is catered for the guys players are different you know your props and your senses can't train the same your factory can't train the same as your scrum ups so the program needs to differ a little bit so but there are basic stuff that everyone needs to do everyone needs to be strong on the legs everyone needs to be strong on the upper body and then of course your more jumping stuff your landing stuff so your scrum up doesn't need to do your land out jumping stuff so just to make an example and then even your core stuff, like if you're training your core now, your your front rows needs to have strong core to maintain the scrum, you know. And your your core for for sensors and props, it's slightly different as well. Yeah. So it's interesting, I think. And also, I think what's most important thing is, the first thing is have the players buy in as an SSC coach, because yeah. you can have the best program. You can design the best one, but if your players are not buying into yeah. it, can't really succeed.
1: Yeah.
2: And then the second thing is, is knowing your customers, you know, which is better here because the squad, you'll have a squad of about 30 guys. So we can actually spend time, do one-on-ones with them, ask them, okay, are you happy with where you are? What would you like being included in your program specifically as an extra? So you know, okay, this guy likes this, he doesn't like this. So you can always know what what works for him, what doesn't work for him. And then also just knowing them. Because some players we're going some rough times at home they come in the session and you can see they're not themselves they're going through mood swings so you need to know you know he's not himself so you need to pull him aside chat to him but if you don't really know them you just ah it's whatever so I think it's very important the buy-in and knowing your customers as an SEC coach and of course being patient with what you're doing
0: and then sorry, before you go <clears throat> fellow just quickly a couple of rapid-fired questions <laughs> here I want to ask you some personal questions <laughs> Right? Your first car? Your very first car? First car, uh,
2: Polo Vivo 2020, 2020,
0: 2021 model. Yo, that's a new car. That's not a first
2: car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was my first car, actually. It's the first car I've
0: always... <laughs> uh, What do you drive currently? That's exactly the same car. That same car. All right, cool, loyal. Cool. <laughs> Pizza or pasta?
2: Uh, uh, I'd have to go with pasta.
0: Um, food that you absolutely hate
2: on your plate. It mustn't be there. It's a tricky one. Eh? I love food, so I would say <laughs> uh, I'll go with anything, but it mustn't be spicy. I can't tolerate spicy food. Oh, and you're oh from, from Durban The <laughs> Indian
0: community is going to fire you.
2: <laughs>
0: Best holiday destination.
2: I would have to go with Austria or France.
0: Yo, two. Dream job when you were little? Thinking about
2: it. <laughs> now you must think carefully. Uh, funny enough, I always wanted to be in the military, but yep. I'm not convinced that I a South African military, so <laughs> I think right did the best job.
0: Close enough. Uh, a moment on the
2: field that you regret? That I regret? Uh, I don't think I have any, eh? Yo. I just enjoyed and lived <laughs> that moment. So I don't just, think I have any.
0: You just live with your f- mistakes.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> That's that
0: Cool. Favorite book?
2: I would say it's a book by Napoleon Hill. It's Outwitting the Devil.
0: Career highlight?
2: Uh, These two. Well, the first one is. Of course, being part of the Senior Curry Cup in Western Province, especially at my age. I've never, I didn't dream of it, honestly speaking. So I wanted to do it, but not at this age that I'm currently doing it. So for me, that's definitely number one. And the second one was being part of the national team in Leveronia, which, which is, for me, it was good. And also, I mean, I did it when I was 26. So for me, it was pretty good. Cool. Yeah, so just to come back quickly, fellow,
1: just from a Strength and conditioning point of view um, Just for the, for the listeners out there And the viewers uh, Obviously There's a lot of planning In ensuring yes. that your players Various levels now obviously But that your players peak At a specific time Or you go through um, Your weekly planner And they need to get there So twofold here on that One as a coach How much planning do you actually put in it weekly, monthly, however you do it? And then obviously on the other side of that, the the players themselves, through yourself now, the players need to actually physically do the conditioning to get there. So the planning on both sides, yours preparing for sessions and that, and theirs to ultimately get there hourly per day or per month. How does all of that work? Because obviously it will vary from a professional level like yourselves to a club level like like other people, so but on on your side, how much planning is there?
2: I think Coach Mark, I, it's quite a lot. I think we do a lot of planning away from the office because when you when you at the office, it's just more executing. But when you're home, that's when you do most of your planning. Because I think you, without planning, it's a problem. So, but also planning, that's when you need to sit down with with your coaches because you can't do planning alone. So. Me being a condition coach, I can only be good as my coaches as well. You know, the coaches need to buy in as well. And I need to know what the coach's session, what he wants in a session. And and also, he must understand what kind of metrics I want in a session. So the metrics is maybe I want 600 meters of top speed in that session. So he, within his drill... He needs to try and make sure guys are are moving at high speed or they're executing at high speed. And just to give you just to give you a rough idea in season. So on a Monday we'll come in with doing more clarity sessions. So clarity, because we played on the weekend, on Monday we're coming in. It's more looking back, okay, what went well in the game, what didn't go well. So it's more like like a walkthrough kind of kind of session, correcting all the mistakes. You know, the police pod needs to be here. So, from my side, I don't ask for much in terms of conditioning because every time the players are on the field, we still need to benefit in terms of conditioning as well. So, I I don't really push the coach much and say, no, the players must move hard and everything. I give room for the coaches in-season on Monday to correct and everything. So, everything is just slowly, but it's more technical. So, on a Tuesday, I always try and do content day on a Tuesday. So, because what gets you tired is not really your running, it's your tackling, racking, scrumming, mauling, that's what gets you exhausted. So you always want to try and do that as early as possible in the week, because you don't want to do that close to the game, okay. because it takes your body takes a while to recover. Okay. So I try to do that on a Tuesday, and of course, the coaches also agree with it. So on a Tuesday, you do more, you're like your live scrums, you love mauling. Um, you can do your live drills for defense and racking and stuff. And also at that same time now, the pace of training needs to go up a little bit. Maybe your line speed on defense, that's where you're going to get your your high speed, pushing hard on line speed on defense. Of course, chats and communicating. And then fortunately enough, we have at professional level, you have GPS, and then there's something that you put on the side of the field that tells you exactly how many meters you've covered while you're training. And if some players are not moving at the pace you want them, you can literally tell them that you're not moving at the speed you want. So, which I think for me, it makes my life easier because I don't need to go back, see who was training hard and who wasn't. I can literally tell you immediately that you're not working hard. And then at the end of the session, uh, I always pull those guys aside just to top up and make sure they're topping up whatever they didn't take. And then Wednesday, we give the guys off because I believe you can't go three hard sessions in a week, you know. And so at least two hard sessions and then rest. And then on the Thursday we go more high speed. So it's more like your game situation, but no context, just a high speed executing your plays, struck plays off the scrums, struck plays off the lineouts, defense as well, kick chase, kickoff receives. So there you're getting more high speed and using more full field, using the whole field now. So the cars are moving at at high speed. Because you want to get the spike up. So you can't really start the Monday on a high because the guys are picking way too early. The game is on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to slowly build up. And then on the Wednesday, slight slight which is your recovery. And then Thursday is high speed. Captains run on Friday and then Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you add. So you always want to try. It's more like a graph, pretty much. You can't start here. And then you don't want to pick way too early. So that's what you want to try and achieve. But I think the planning is only good as a, as a, as a team because so, the coaches need to understand what you want yeah. and then also you must understand what the coaches want. Yeah. In-season, you, you're my boss, actually. In-season, you call the shots, Coach Mark as a coach, yeah. and then I just work and plan around what the coach wants. And then off-season and pre-season, uh, I have most of the time. So yeah. I can say, no, I want the, players to, do. I want the players to do this because yeah. yeah. that's more the building phase. In-season... I just work behind the coach, so the team comes first, and then the conditioning will come after.
0: Perfect, fellow. How much input do you guys take from the from the players in in planning a session like that, if any?
2: Um, I'll, I'll say we do, we do. I mean, we can only get better by being open minded, and, and because the players are the ones on the field, yes. they they they're the ones taking the bullets on the field. We're on the side, so. Like an example, if um, in the gym, like just now talking from the gym side, in the gym, a player might say, listen, um, let's say a tight-head prop. A tight-head prop scrums with two people, the hooker and a loose head. He tells you, listen, I see my core stability is not where I want it to be, so can you please include more core stability stuff in the gym? So, yes, definitely, you know. Um, maybe a lock might say, we're jumping way too much in the gym. When you go outside to do line outs, I feel a bit fatigued on the legs. So can you maybe just tame down in the gym on the jumping so I have enough energy to jump after the for the line out session. Mm-hmm. So 'cause so we make sure we do, though, you gotta be open, like I said, you gotta know your customers and you gotta be open. And game wise as well. When it comes to planning the field sessions, players might say we feel like we didn't use all our struck plays. Um in the game, so on clarity session on Monday, they might come in and say, "Can we actually focus more on our lineout exits, maybe, or can we focus more details on our uh, breakdown, breakdown plays, and everything?" So, I think the players have, but we don't. It's not open to everyone, yeah. so each department has to focus on. So, like your your fly half and fullback, they in charge of. And then your, your loose forwards, like our captain, Nama is he's in charge of the breakdown. Yeah. So, and then you get your locks, your jumpers are in charge of line out. And then your number 13, your, your, your centres are in charge of defence, you know, communicating. Oh. So, whenever we have meetings, if we say, okay, we're talking defence now, so only those two guys will have the most sight, because it's their yeah. department, they talk about it. And then the defence coach can come to them and say, listen, what's working, what's not working? And then, so they're like the middleman between the coach and the team.
1: That's great. And you know, guys, something like that works, obviously. It's a more professional setup. But what's important there, you give the you give the play to players entitlement. Yes. So they're in charge of certain things. And what is important here as well, it's a maturity level of yes. the players. Because a lot of yes. times in, when we were at club rugby or you go back to yes. schoolboy rugby, when you say you you three seconds too late. Players believe that they're not wrong. And uh, if you're at a level like this where they themselves, mm. obviously they got all the stats to prove that you're too late or whatever the yeah. case might be. But if the players are mature enough to say, listen, we too slow in the lineouts for whatever it is, increase something or take something away, I mean, then half your battle is won because the players obviously buy into, into the setup. Yes. So it's great.
0: It is great. Fellow, then. One more question from my side is um, where do you see fellow going from here? What is the next step? And and in that also, where do you see yourself progressing to as the ultimate job in what you do?
2: Uh, for me, from what I, I'm currently at, I mean, I'm still trying to enjoy and yeah, I just enjoy the kind of space and work I'm in. I love it, and going forward for me, I think, of course, it'll be great to get green and gold colours and conditioning, whether it's your under-20s, um, Springbok, SAA, or the box. For me, it doesn't really matter, but for now, I just want to do well with the current team that I'm, I'm with, and, yeah, for me, that's my main goal currently, and in the long term I would like to keep back, you know, in, in Durban, especially in schools. I mean I came from high school in Durban as well, you know. And I, I know some coaches understand rightly, but some coaches will literally say, run around ten run around the field ten laps as warm up, you know. Which it doesn't really help a right, regular kid. But um so for me I think it's more have a platform where high school coaches or primary school coaches even though they're not conditioning coaches, but they have to be a little bit clued up what what to do, what players want, because you don't—they don't have the the luxury of having a conditioning coach for under under 14, 18 conditioning coach for under 15, under 16. Each coach takes care of his own team. So I think having small seminars now and then, educating the coaches what works for juniors, because training a 14-year-old. And the 18-year-old is two different species. Those are two different kids. So you can't really be happy that, ah, my boy is deadlifting 200 and he's 14. You're killing that kid. So it's just, for me, that's one thing I would like to do because where I'm at now, I meet kids that were well-praised in high school, but they have so many minor injuries caused by what they were doing in high school, not being monitored, you know? Like, the technique is bad, a kid is happy, he can squat 200, but the technique is very bad. Bad for his knees, bad for his, for his back. It doesn't give him longevity in his career. You know? So, I think for me, it's just have a platform in long term where coaches can pop in, drop questions, I can drop videos, how to train literally from 13-year-olds to, to semi-professional or even professional level players. Thank you for that.
0: Can we move on to do some so rugby, yeah. Here. here we go. Here we yes. go. It's
2: coming. Let's give you.
0: Let's give you a break. We're going to talk URC first. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> the games played um, over the weekend: Benetton versus Zebre, which was the the local derby, the Italian derby. Um, Benetton walking away with a 39-17 win there. And then the Dragons and Cardiff, and uh, Dragons 18, Cardiff 19. That was a a very That's close right. game. But now, before we <laughs> before we go there, and and discuss those games, I want to go to the the upcoming games, the games, the fixtures for the weekend coming. Um, we've got all our franchises playing overseas, and I would like to talk about that. We've got um, the Sharks going to Ulster the bulls going to Osprey the lions going to the dragons and then the sharks going to the scarlets or the stormers sorry, the stormers going to the to scarlets let's start with the sharks Ulster um, fellow if I can ask you what do you think is going to be the outcome there
1: looking at Listen, uh, fella, you, be, you need to be nice now. You said you wanted to come back to yeah.
2: Durban, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think with that one, as I'll say, I'll say Sharks by six points.
0: Sharks by six? Yeah. yeah. The Bulls are surprised, Mark?
1: Look, let me start like this to say, um, if I can go back to the Sharks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a close one. I think Fellows has got it spot on. Um, I'd like to think the Sharks would take it. To yeah. be honest, we've spoken about this for a while now. We haven't really played consistently well week in and week out. Our big yes. tests will come now that we're away, and Ulster's not a bad side. So we're obviously all fighting for home, home semis and, and so forth. Um, so I think all these teams are going to be a battle royal. But... Um, I think if you if you look at ospreys, bulls, that's what you asked. Yeah. Um, I think the bulls are. I going know to you be... never
0: answer what I ask you. You always answer <laughs> I, what you want to. But, the yeah. bulls. I think the bulls are going to be too
1: strong <laughs> if they continue like they do. And tests will be now because we know at Fort Loftus they're very yeah. they're very astute in what they're doing and meticulous in planning. All that won't change, but out, all our tests would be would be away. But I think they will be too strong for the ospreys, maybe by thirteen.
0: Hello. Uh, <laughs> like Mark
2: mentioned as well, you know. I think now it's it's a good point it's a good time for everyone to try and claim your home semis, home quarterfinals, which the Bulls already have. But I think the home semifinal is what people are pushing for. So I think yeah. the Bulls will try and and literally bring in their big their big dogs and bring in their A game. So I think the Bulls will take it with the bonus point, Yeah,
0: okay. And then the Lions, do you think the Lions would be able to um, continue with a winning streak?
2: Yeah, having, having my little brother playing there, so I think, yeah, the boys oh. <laughs> will definitely pull it. And also, I mean, it's their last game, pretty much, um, you know, before the playoffs. So I think it'll be very good for them to finish off on a high, you know, considering not having the best season, but... And also, it's their first season in the So, I think, yeah, I think I, I'm begging them to actually come back with the win.
0: <laughs> well, everything considered, they're not doing too bad considering that they're they, they 11th on the log. If you think where they started yeah, and, and, yeah, and yeah, how they sure. started the season, 11th on the log is not, I think, is not bad for where they started.
1: Look, if you look at the... the this ground advantage that sure. we've had all along. Yes. I mean the stint that we've had at home, they've actually yeah. been good. And and let's 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 be open and honest here. Unlike the Stormers, the Sharks, and the Bulls, in theory, and I say this with respect, they have no name brands. Mm. There's no Springboks and guys that have been playing at that level. I mean, at this level, um, I, you know, some people will question this, but this might even be higher than super rugby if it makes sense what I'm saying especially playing away in the north um, and the Lions are a young side as he's just saying now it's a young side some quality players there but there's no superstars yeah. and in the beginning they struggled a little bit but they're finding their feet I mean I'm not talking about the rest of the Lions going down Curry Cup and, and all of that we're talking URC specifically and they yes. have turned the table so I think and, and both those teams in theory have nothing to play for but pride and um, and I would also like to, to think the lines will be too strong, but the dragons aren't gonna be easy at home, that's for sure.
0: No, that's for
2: sure.
0: And then um fellow, the Stormers.
2: Stormers call it. I think the I think the guys will definitely come back home with the bonus point, which which we we'll probably want, so so we can hopefully finish second and then get a home semifinal. Right.
0: Yes. Sir. So I
2: think yeah, so I think the guys, you know, they've been good. We haven't lost a game at home as well. So, and I was having a week off, so I think the guys are well rested. Mm-hmm. So going there, guys are prepared. So I think it's just a matter of executing and then come home with that bonus point.
1: Yeah, I think the self-belief has changed over the last couple of weeks as well. You know, in the beginning of the URC, like all our sides, to be honest, battled a little bit. And I mean, it's like the box when they went to the World Cup. Everyone mm-hmm. wrote us off the yeah. last year before that. And if you look at the Stormers, Fellow, I mean, you part and parcel of, of the setup in the Union. Yeah. Let's face it, last year wasn't a good year for the Stormers. Um, no. And even the beginning of this year wasn't a good year for the Stormers. And all of a sudden, it's just leave, that light switch just went on.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you think about it, the Bulls probably are, are close to, to the Stormers. But I think the Stormers have been more um, consistent over the last month or so with regards to Rakti. And yes. I mean, if you give their backline any space, they can shut you down from anywhere. So I think I think you are 100% right. I think they're going to be... Although the Scarlets are also a quality side. a quality side. national yeah. teams back. Very, but very good I side. think if if anyone... Out of all the four sides going, I think the two team, And we're hoping for four wins, obviously. And more so the three the three franchises that are at the top, yes. um, but I think if you if you look from a consistency point of view then the stormers and the Bulls are probably right up there to to ensure they come back and don't forget all these teams would like to get a bonus point as well because that's what we're fighting for now
0: then the game that I believe is going to be the one to watch is the the Leinster monster top of the log uh, Leinster currently at sixty two points top of the log yeah monster at 56 points, second on the log. But the Sharks Stormers are also on 56 points. Sharks lying at number three, Stormers at number four, um, also at 56. The Bulls further down at number six with 53 points mm-hmm. on the log. So that top of the log match, fella. Oh,
2: yeah, jeez having watched I watched some Hennekin Cup uh, thing on the last weekend and watched both sides playing there, I think it's going to be a the match to watch. Because I think, yeah, they, they fought doing well. You know, us, we played Leicester here a um, couple of weeks ago and um, they didn't bring their big yeah, names. you know, Your guys like Johnny Saxon were you not here. Yeah. You, all the front rows they have. I mean, all the front rows, guys, they play precision Irish levels. So I think, and they actually bring them back now to play because I mean it's playoff time. So I think we we up for a proper match. I think at half time it's gonna be tight, and then I think Leicester will pull it away in the last fifteen minutes and they'll win with about twelve to fifteen points. Yeah,
0: sure. I, I yeah. you know yeah.
1: I look at it like this, and and you know me I support yeah. Manchester. Um, part of the problem here is. Twofold. We would like we would like a Munster to beat a Leinster, yes. Because, as fellow said, when they toured South Africa, yes, we beat them. But let's be honest, they came with a B side, right? So I know Jake White spoke about the unfairness thereof, because they came with a B side and the Stormers and the Sharks played them when we going when the Stormers go overseas. I mean, when the Bulls, the Bulls go overseas, play, they they play the A side. Yes. But obviously, they we also spoke about the champions, Heineken Champions Cup where they rested their players for that specific game. And that's why they obviously had to be fresh. So if you look at the stats, we want Leinster to beat Munster. And we want the Stormers and the Bulls and and obviously the Sharks to win for us to go to that second, third and fourth space. Because that's where we want to go to. Um, But I think it's a psychological thing. Munster haven't beaten Leinster in I don't know how long. Um, Leinster is a quality, quality, quality side. I think if you look at that Leinster side and you let them play international rugby against certain international teams, they'd also win. That's how good they are. So I think it's a tough one. Uh, one mustn't get carried away with the fact that they lost to us um, because they narrowly lost to us with a B side. They are quality sides. So, but I hope, my, my heart says Munster because I want them to win. But from a South African point of view, it would be good for us if Leinster, if Leinster beat them. You're so only that saying that because of Dan von
0: Sey, right? Dan, that was for you. No, you aren't Graan. Johan van Graan. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dan von Sey was actually a Leinster man. <laughs> uh, so what did he do at Munster? No, no, he didn't do anything. Uh, he's got uh, the contacts there. Yeah, he's, cool. one, he's a Leinster man. So Dan, if you're listening, uh, my contact We'll will have that discussion. <laughs>
0: Okay, and then if we can move on to Curry Cup, yeah, I'm waiting. waiting for this. <laughs> you've been waiting for this one now. See, the the bus comes. Uh, Bulls, lions. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you waiting? Bulls, lions. Bulls forty-three, lions thirty-seven. It wasn't such a big hiding as everybody thought yeah. it's going to be for the lions. Um, there was big talk over the or during the week last yeah. week saying that um, the lions crossing the Yixke is going to going to have a problem, mm. and it wasn't.
1: No for sure. And and look I I alluded to it a little bit earlier as well to say the URC side is doing well and mm-hmm. the rest of the franchise isn't, which is a fact if you look at it like that. But if you look at that specific game, thirty seven forty three, then something is happening in yes. the line setup. Um I know a lot of new players and they, they've actually pulled in players from the varsity cup and, and whatever as they are contracted. Um that scoreline, I think, would have surprised many. Yes. Um, from a union point of view and from a coaching point of view, obviously they see it differently and they know where they're going.
0: From a Lions point of view, and as, as a well. And sorry, <laughs> <about coughs>
1: that, but but uh, yeah, you know. So and, and, and that's how it is. You know. So for them, although they lost, yes. I think they would have taken a lot of confidence out of that going into the rest of the Currie Cup, and yes. that's what we want. We want the teams to be as strong as possible.
0: Hundred percent. Fellow, I wanna ask you the Cheetahs Sharks Clash. Um yeah, uh, <laughs> The second time <laughs> that, second week in a row now that the Sharks lost us.
2: Yeah, nah, they've been doing great. But uh also just to give credit to the Cheetahs, especially playing there in bloom, you know, before you even kick off those flipping bikes on the <laughs> field. They already you know, they got yes. that mental advantage on you. But I, I must say, man, the cheaters... I think the cheaters have that... that ability to play together for so long because they only play one competition, if yes, you think about it. Yes,
1: yes.
2: So they literally... They literally do pre-season, off-season just for one competition and they're together. Literally, the combinations of players don't really change much. With the Sharks, players get pulled and USC come down. This player's there. So... I think that's one advantage cheaters have. You know, they, they they've been together for so long. They've been training together, they play together, and they only play for one competition yeah, with, with the big squad as well. Uh but I must say they they executed well and they they seem to play where they were supposed to play and not to play where they were not supposed to play. And then the Sharks, like Coach Mark mentioned, you know, losing now back to back in curry Cup, Which yeah. doesn't put them in good space. But I think yeah, cheetahs and blooms are an easy one. So but I think the sharks would have done better.
1: So fella, if I can just ask you a question there, because when, when the curry cup started, the sharks actually did well. We were leading the curry cup at one stage, and we'll get to province now. I see you licking your lips. But um, if we if we if we stay with the sharks, the sharks actually did well in the beginning. And I can't remember it's way back when, but I think we lost to the Bulls at Loftus and I think that's where it started going south. Okay. So what would you, as a, as a provincial coaching structure, uh, obviously you analyze and you do things like that, and I don't, I'm not asking you to go into detail as to what you guys do, so it's more of a, a, a pub question, if I can put it that way. What would you think could possibly be the problem from a, from a spectator's point of view? If you see how well your team is doing and all of a sudden... Um they're not jelling and they're not actually getting there. Is it is it a psychological thing? Have they lost belief or what do you think it could be?
2: I would say being part of a structure like that, I'll say I would look at first the players we have in that time period when we were doing well. The players we have available for we had available for us. If those players are the exact the same players. Then I'll I'll say it's more of a, a mental thing, a self-belief thing. Because maybe, I mean, having a let's give an example: having a young side playing Curry Cup, Of course, every if they get three or four guys like you, like your our Francis ten around them, it gives you that security, you know, that, that ease. But now, if let's say we start the season with senior guys mixed with the younger guys, and the senior guys getting taken away to go play maybe URC, and now it's just maybe your young, inexperienced guys. That might have an effect, but I don't think that's a problem with the shots, because I feel like it's the same guy. So I think it's more, I don't know, I'll, I'll look at more the mental side of the side of thing, and maybe the players themselves just believing in, 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 the, believing in, the, in the game plan and the, the, themselves, yeah. what they're capable of doing.
0: Pumas, Western Province. <laughs> Pumas 17, Western Province 23. Travelling to, to Nelspra, it's never easy.
1: Oh, that's why you're smiling, because they won the game.
2: They won the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it <laughs> wasn't that yeah, easy, no, was yeah, it? Really. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not an easy one in Bombella, but I must yeah, say you they know they, very you No, know they won. Decision. They switched the lights off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one way of doing it. <laughs>
2: Well, we don't even know where the switches are, so we couldn't even find the switches. <laughs> so, just. No, week- but uh, I, I must say, listen, uh, Pumas, Pumas are hard side, you know. Like, when you played them here around one, played them here at Kenton Stadium, I think it was a Wednesday game. Jeez, they, they showed us flames, you know. They're they very. They, it's the same thing with Pumas. It's the same thing with, with cheaters. I must say. You know, it's just one big group working together, playing one competition, yeah, no players sure. moving up and down. For sure. So. They were very good when you played them in round one. Uh but also with going up now, like you mentioned, it's not an easy one playing up there, you know, traveling. Um it's just in Bombella Stadium, they are fans, they the only thing you see there is pink on the sta- on the stands, yeah. you know. <laughs> you don't see any blue and white. So you must try and then travel yourself. Yeah. But that it was a tough game. It was a very tough one. Um I mean we we're leaving 20 points to 10, and they managed to come back and, you know, to, to, to get a try, and I think, and convert it as well at the end. And then, of course, the lights went off.
1: That's what I was <laughs> going to ask now, and, and we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you, I mean, that's a professional setup, right? So so how, how did, did that, if it did, or how could it affect, the players on the field, because, I mean, the lights went out and then it came back on, but it wasn't the, the lighting that you were playing under in the first. So, I mean, at, at certain places on the field, it was dark. How does that affect the team and how do you actually keep them focused? Because, I mean, it's a
2: shock to everyone. Even the commentators got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, the, the floodlights at the stadium going off. Yeah. Because, if you look, if you look around, um, the 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 boxes and the suits there, They were still the lights were still on at the stadium. People were still in their boxes, there. and then the ref the lights were off because he even issued a penalty in the attack. Yeah. The light came on because I was on the. I asked him how long would it take. He says, oh, "Okay, the lights are coming on. They'll go they'll, just in two minutes. The game will go on again." So I look. Like you mentioned, when the lights came on, it takes a while for flashlights lights to fully come on. You, know, you don't just switch it on like a house light and comes on. And then while the lights were coming on, he just let the game flow. Like you mentioned, some players, maybe if he's got, a, if it's got eye, eyesight problems, some players would have affected them. But at that moment, I don't think anyone was worried about anything, but just because people had a line out, because they kicked for touch, they had a line out, they're molded. So I think our, the main thing was just defend. That's because the hooter was gone just defend it try get a knock on or try get a turnover. over that's it I think that only came after the game because yeah it was just because if they scored converted they could have won Yeah, sure.
1: so, luckily yeah. you played in the right area as well so I mean that helped you you know playing in their half so <laughs> yeah.
0: cool thank you for that I just quickly want to move on to club rugby um, and especially KZN club rugby and I want to ask one question. And I only want to, to have an answer from both of you on this one question. In club rugby in KZN now, we have four sides that actually dominate and four sides that get in hidings. But that's not only here. If you look at schoolboy rugby, if you look at rugby all over South Africa, in the schools and in the clubs, there are certain clubs that absolutely dominate and there's clubs that struggle big time. Now if I can just go through the the Premier League scores for KZN And that's the Moor Cup Premier League Moms and Toti 19, College Rovers 94 Richards Bay 39, uh, UKZN PMB 12 College, uh, Varsity College 18, Durban Collegians 9 And then, uh, where was the other one? Moms and Toti, second team, zero. College Rovers, 104. And then Westville Old Boys, 69. UKZN, Durban, five. Hillcrest Villages in the first division, 71.
1: You wanted to smile, you had
0: Jaguars, seven. Now, my question is, how is it that some of these clubs... Now, I've got the ability to put those scores past teams that traditionally were very competitive, and that's throughout now. We can go through, throughout South Africa, and we can go and have a look at it. Rudderport playing Alberton, and Rudderport and Alberton, um, in in the Joburg, in the Gauteng area, are all um, strong sides. Rudderport fifty-two, Alberton five. Now, Alberton traditionally was where the Bartman brothers came from. And, and it's all over South Africa. So the question is, why is that possible?
1: So can I just answer it on his behalf in the beginning? Because he was cut off there for a while, I think. So, I'm, uh, fellow, I'm not sure if you heard the whole question. So technically, uh, what, what, what was asked is, why are some teams struggling while the others aren't struggling? And you get higher scores than in the past. Yeah, because this year yeah. obviously was that. So, if you if you can elaborate on that, um, it would be great. And then I'll answer. But uh, yeah, because I
2: think you dipped there for a while. I know. I think I, I. I think, even also like like he mentioned before the the whole question. He said even schools the schools that are just more dominant, others are more struggling. I think it's more of recruitment. Recruitment plays a big role you know, recruiting quality players. I feel like every club has a has a goal and wants to recruit, but of course the funding coming into the clubs, sponsorships, having the right people, putting in the, the, the right cash in the club, that plays a big role. Because I know some clubs will try and get guys job opportunities so they can come into the club. Um Yeah, I think it's just more of the funding. The more funding you have, the better. Because, I mean, if you look at also... Look at the Shucks, they signing wherever they want now because the funding is good. You Look at the pools, same thing, the funding is good. It's the same thing, it goes down to club. Um, the more funds you have, the more players you can keep and the quality you have in your club as well.
0: Do you want me to answer? I want you to answer,
1: Mark. That though. I was going to say the same thing. Look, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you, you're talking funding, so let's go funding quickly. Um, you, you only you only basically spoke about spoke about players and 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 getting in no. quality players where that comes funding. Part of that which is important, yes. it's a conditioning coach, you look at coaches. Um, your your um, I say this with respect. Now, your higher paid coaches put it that way. If you want to go that route, will go where the money is because that's a, that's that's their yes. passion. The more they put in, the more they yeah. want. So if you, if you are less a lesser paid coach Then that's the quality that you're going to get If you're not paid at all That's the quality that you get Sadly, that's how it is Rugby, rugby isn't the pre-95 World Cup Where it's completely amateur The sides that, that we mentioned earlier on Are the sides in the leagues All over South Africa That has more funding than others You can look at the Bulls mm-hmm. in their region um, The Harlequins and whatever Sadly, that's how it is Um, I don't think that's that's only that Because even at schools So some schools don't uh, give bursaries Or massive bursaries to rugby specific Um, But I think in a nutshell What the fellow is saying I would have given you the same answer uh, Which is sad
0: Gentlemen we're running out of time Or we ran out of time already Um, Thank you for that I really appreciate fellow Thank you for your time Thanks for joining us Really a pleasure, pleasure chatting
2: to you,
1: fellow. Yeah, understand. thank you very much for having me, guys. And and thanks after all this time to to finally commit in the sense of being yes. busy. I do understand that, but uh, after the Curry Cup final or the week leading up to the Curry Cup final, we'd like to get you in here and uh, maybe yes. one of your other coaching staff and and see where you guys end it and that. But for the rest of the campaign, there's not much left. Um, all the best and yes. keep the
0: Definitely.
1: keep the. Sharks flag flying. high there at province for us? If that's
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. we're actually playing them last game of the season, so it's going to be a tough one to keep it flying. So right now I'm blue and gold. Right now it's blue and white. So. Blue and white. Yeah, no, right, cool. I hear
1: you one hundred percent. So thanks for that. I really thank
2: appreciate you, fellow. It. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Thank,
0: thank you fellow. to all our listeners. Thank you very much from myself, Casper, Els, and Mark Cameron. Have a great rugby week.